Speed Cafe Newscast. Your host, Mark Fogarty. This is Speed Cafe Newscast. Breaking the big stories and talking to the big names. I'm Mark Fogarty, and here's what's coming up. Supercars Supernight Lottery. Who knows who'll win? New street races. Supercars targets Perth and regional cities. F1 Aussies on the rise. Oscar and Daniel set to star at Spa. Unusual drug scandal. Why Champion has been suspended. All this and more straight ahead on Speed Cafe Newscast, the place of pace for motorsport news. Hi there, race fans. For all its problems, Gen 3 has mixed up the order in supercars. Well, at least among the Chevrolet Camaro teams. Erebus has taken the title fight to Triple Eight, while there have been wins, podiums and poles for Outsiders Team 18, MSR and BJR. This weekend's Sydney Supernight is another step into the relative unknown. A different race format and expected high tyre degradation at Sydney Motorsport Park promise more uncertainty. As well, the Ford Mustangs are set for engine tuning tweaks aimed at improving drivability and reducing rear tyre wear. Knocking on the door of a win is BJR star Andre Heimgartner, who's had three podiums from his last four starts. Heimgartner's RJ Batteries Camaro has led the Albury team's competitive transition to Gen 3. The Gold Coast-based New Zealander feels, well, he's more than ready for a win at SMP, and with good reason. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, we've come close so many times. We've had five podiums this year and another four last year and come close many times. And Sydney Motorsport Park for us has been, uh, and for myself, has been pretty strong. I've won or come second there before and um, been on pole. So definitely looking forward to getting there and, um, you know, going back to, I guess, you know, it'll be so interesting. It's the first track we tested at, obviously, at the start of the year. So going back now, we've developed the cars. It'll be interesting to see the big differences. Well, you and Brad Jones Racing, of course, you've certainly been right on top of the change to Gen 3 with the Camaro. It obviously certainly suits you and the team. Yeah, for sure. It's something, I guess, we were looking forward to in some ways. We got the old cars going pretty good, but I think to sort of crack into that top three or four consistently, you know, the new Gen car has presented that opportunity for us. So it's been really, really great. We've... Um, Chipped away at it. Obviously, we've we've been on a bit of an upward trend at the moment, um, and we're hoping to sort of keep it going that way. But it's definitely clicked with me the way I drive, and obviously our team also um, has sort of engineered, you know, the car very well. And um, you can see a lot of people up and down, and we seem to be up more than down lately, which is great. You say you've really clicked with the new car. So how does it? compare you know there's been a lot of discussion among drivers about you know some of them hate them some of them love them <laughs> you obviously don't mind about it are they that much different to drive uh yeah i'd say probably over one lap on a green tire they're you know they're they're different but you know they are sort of, sort of very similar similar power you know, obviously same tire 
similar feel, I guess, just slightly different as far as they don't have the same aerodynamics as the old, you know, the previous car. So in that way, they're a bit different and they're a bit more edgy to drive, I'd probably say, because of that. Um, where you get the main differences now is when you go into a race run and over a long stint, because, you know, the best way I describe it is when you had the old car, you know, let's say you had 100% grip, you know, available to you in the old car, you know, 40% of that 100% was aero, which doesn't degrade, you know, over a race run. So from the first lap to the, you know, 30th lap, your aero is still the same. Um, so, yeah, that was much more constant. Whereas this new car, it's, you know, 80% um, grip, 20% aero, if not more, just grip through the tyres. So that obviously degrades a lot. So what you're seeing is yeah, throughout a stint, how you have to drive the car is a lot, lot different. So it's, um yeah, some people think it's good or bad. Um, you know, it's just part of it. We're all driving the same car and you know, it's a good challenge, I guess, a different challenge to what we're used to the previous sort of 10 years. I'm Gartner thinks high tide deck and the mixed race format will be the main deciders at SMP. Yeah, 100%. I think any surface we go to, I think even Bathurst this year will be a challenge with tyre degradation, which we've never seen before. So each track we go to, we don't know what's going to happen. But going off the pre-season testing at Sydney, the degradation there is quite high. So we have yeah, two decent races there. So we'll for sure see, you know, we saw it at Townsville, the degradation be a factor um, and some other tracks as well. But Sydney, I think, is... Um, you know, almost be one of the worst tracks we're going to have this year. So you'll see different people mixing up at different times. And, yeah, it should should be good. And the slightly different format, particularly for Saturday's night race, you'd imagine that's going to mix things up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's always different stuff, different formats. It's exciting for the viewer, you know. We don't always have sprint races or we don't always have the 250K races, but... The night race for a start is pretty awesome. It's cool to see the cars under lights. And this year, I think, especially because we're actually throwing flames out the side, which is awesome. So hopefully in that sort of twilight uh, night that we have there, um, you'll be able to see some you know, cool shots and the cars will be racing hard and um, yeah, good strategies and stuff like that. They'll make it interesting. From what you saw at Townsville after the aero tweaks, do you expect the Ford contingent to be more of a handful at Sydney Motorsport Park? Uh, well, we definitely saw, obviously, in qualifying, the Fords were, you know, not lacking anything. So, um, and, that you know, they managed to win a race, whether that was tyres or what. But um, I do feel like they will probably, you know, they will have an advantage, I guess, potentially going into Sydney. You know, we don't really know. They seem to obviously be having some struggles in the race still, which we don't really, or they don't even really know what it is. But, um yeah, I think they'll be pretty strong. That that rear upgrade that they've got has obviously provided them, you know, some good stability um, from what I hear. And um, Sydney's got a lot to do with that. So um, yeah, time will tell. But I, I expect they will be pretty uh, pretty strong there. When Heimgartner switched from what is now Grove Racing to BJR last year, it was seen as a risky move. But the affable Kiwi has clearly found a happy home. Brad Jones's rural squad. Yeah, yeah, I love being at Brad's. It's somewhere that myself, I flourish and I really enjoy the environment. Me and Brad get on like house on fire and, um, you know, that goes the same with Macaulay and all the crew and everything. So it's somewhere that I, you know, when I go racing, I really look forward to going racing. I look forward to working with the people I'm working with. I like going to the workshop when I do. I 
and I actually enjoy Aubrey and, and everything that comes with it. So for myself, me enjoying my racing is half the battle. And then, you know, my results come when I'm able to do that. And at the time I sort of knew the environments that sort of worked best for me. And, um, you know, I, I was going to a team who'd had better results than my previous team, you know, consistently. So for me, it was a no brainer and, um, yeah, the environment especially was something, you know, I knew would suit me. Sydney Supernight is shaping up as a potentially intriguing battle between the big teams and the suddenly empowered small squads. There's been a lot of discussion lately about supercars' renewed international race ambitions. Top of the list is racing on the Formula One Singapore Grand Prix support car. But as well as overseas events, supercars is targeting more Australian street races. Regional centres and a Perth City Street event are aims, according to Supercars Government Relations Point man Tim Watsford. Look, ideally the street events are, are our crown jewels, really, aren't they? They're, they're great. I'm not taking anything away from from circuit racing. Um, I'd like to hope so. I, I think I think personally there's areas that we can really hone in on. Western Australia is something I'd like to try and develop over the future. I appreciate we've just renewed kind of Wanneroo for the next couple of years, which gives us enough time to really assess and, and grow over there. They've got an amazing footprint, huge fan base of our perspective that, that we should be elevating higher. Um, Adelaide's obviously, we're seeing the success that's, that's coming through Adelaide. Um, Gold Coast is an absolute rip snorter here in, in Townsville is, is amazing. So look, I'd like to hope there's, there's the element to, to grow. Um, it's, we need that support from a, from a state government. That's obviously where, where, what we need to. And, and I think in, in Perth in particular, with the support of the current minister and premier, I think we can probably try and get there in, in the future. Um, where we go from there, let's, let's kind of see what, what brings us about. We're trying to set 24 and I think my job now because of that resource is full-time in this space, will allow us to really kind of think that strategic long game. Um, it's going to take a while to catch up. We've obviously got to try and, you know, Townsville and, and Gold Coast as an example um, with, with the state of Queensland, they're up at the end of next year. So we've got to try and work on, on betting them in for the future. So we really want to set ourselves up. Everything's going in the right direction though. And I think from an engagement perspective, we've, it's been overwhelmingly supportive to our product and what we can bring. So, but I'm hopeful that it's only up from here. It seems to me that regional centres have a lot of potential that's unexploited. You know, I'm, I just off the top of my head, Geelong, Ballarat, maybe even Albury, places like that. Yeah, obviously we'll, we'll explore everywhere. We've got, um, there's a lot of local councils that want to work. What I will say is to make an event work, and, and whether it's a, a supercars event or, or an AFL event or an Orange or whatever, it, the accommodation has to be accessible and nearby as well. Um, so that, that all comes into consideration. That's where the regions, you know, will, and some might form some of the most amazing pitches from a broadcasting perspective or a racing perspective. We just have to be able to back it up and be able to support both from a team perspective, because our footprint alone is, is monstrous. Um, and then also that visitor economy, you know, the government's trade on the back of bringing people to their regions and advertising what, what they've got to show and filling hotel rooms and bars and restaurants, etc. So if we can kind of couple that together and there's a region that, that supports that, Let's go. Let's have a go. Now, you'd think the Holy Grail would be the return of a marquee street race event in Sydney, which we had at the Homebush Olympic Games precinct until it moved to Newcastle, the renewal of which is still up in the air. But Supercars Watsford says a Sydney street event isn't a priority. 
not on not on the current agenda. Um, but I'm not going to never say never. I don't think anyone can. I think there's where the sport goes from here. Um, like I said, I think it's only up, and, and then it's and then what drives demand. Um, you know, we're seeing the renewed investment, or not renewed interest in Bathurst with the 60th. That's just absolutely going gangbusters this year. So <clears throat> that's a quasi street circuit, you could argue. Um, but where the future is, you know, I'm not going to say everything's off the table. Um, we'll work with Shane and obviously the board to try and work out what's the best for the sport going forward. Um, obviously overseas has been mentioned as well. That's not on my agenda from a personal workspace point of view, but it's, you know, that's in play as well. And, and I think the key, the key underlying factor in everything you do is, is growth um, to really invigorate the sport and push it going forward. But a marquee event in Sydney remains the holy grail doesn't it to some extent oh, I, I probably can't comment on that I'd, I'd probably argue whereas whereas Bathurst or Gold Coast or Townsville and Adelaide amazing like they're, they're significant street mm. events that could could effectively be the best out of the, the crown jewel out of all of them and I've had the privilege of going to most of them now and, and delivered Darwin for five years there's obviously a personal connection to that as a, probably one of the better um, <coughs> permanent circuits around um, but Sydney, we've got plenty of content now in Sydney at the moment. So if there's support there, um, you know, kind of post the next iteration of Newcastle, hopefully, maybe, let's, let's talk with them. And I'm not going to say never, but yeah, at this point, it's on a priority. Next year's supercars calendar is still in the works, waiting on a deal to return to New Zealand at Topor and a renewal of the Newcastle 500. We're used to drug scandals in many sports, but not car racing. So it was a shock that dual S5000 gold star champion Joey Mawson has been suspended for failing a drugs test. At the very least, testing positive to an illicit substance has cost him a co-driver Bathurst. But Mawson's career is now on the line if his use of a banned energy supplement is upheld by Sports Integrity Australia, the National Drug Testing Authority. He failed a routine urine test at Phillip Island back in May. That was the A test. Still to come is a B test to confirm or reject the initial finding. If the B test is positive, precedent suggests Mawson would be banned from racing for 6 to 12 months. He maintains his innocence, at worst inadvertently using a protein shake or similar containing a prohibited substance. Mawson's case can be likened to Olympic athlete Peter Boll, cleared of a seemingly similar drugs charge following a B-test. Drug tests are routinely conducted at national and international motorsport events attended by Sports Integrity Australia testers. The checks are random and unannounced. In the meantime, which could be months, Morse's career is on an uneasy hold. More after this. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuel.com.au. Race Fuels, 
www.speedcafe.com.au. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. Welcome back to Speed Cafe Newscast. For the first time since 2013, there were two Australians in Formula One at the Hungarian Grand Prix, Daniel Ricciardo rejoining alongside Oscar Piastri. Both made an impact at the Hungara ring, Piastri finishing fifth after running as high as second, while Ricardo was the victim of a first corner melee. All this as Max Verstappen romped to victory yet again, scoring a record 12th consecutive win for Red Bull Racing. Speed Cafe's Formula One correspondent Ian Parks says Piastri's and Ricardo's performances bode well for their chances in the upcoming Belgian Grand Prix at the classic Spa-Francorchamps circuit. I think they can both take a lot of confidence out of this Grand Prix. Oscar, as we know, did brilliantly at Silverstone the race before. He didn't quite have the full upgrade package at Silverstone that Lando Norris had on his car. He did have the full upgrade package for the race in Hungary. And as I say, he had a great start. And But for uh, a little bit of tyre degradation, but for the, the damage to the floor, he could arguably have finished on the podium. He could have become the first rookie since Lance Stroll in 2017 to finish on the podium. And I still think he's got a great chance of doing that at some point in this stage, bearing in mind the way that McLaren has been propelled up the grid from such a shocking start to the season that the team had. And as for Daniel, he knows there's more to come. This was only his first race weekend. He's only now, you know, just getting to know the team, getting to know the car. And I think he can now build on that. Uh, I don't think the car in his eyes is as bad as it has appeared over the first 10 races of the season, which is, of course, why Nick DeVries was jettisoned out of the seat and Daniel uh, thrust into it from his third driver role with Red Bull. So, yeah, a lot of confidence, uh, I think, both from both drivers going into the Belgian Grand Prix weekend coming up next weekend. A record 12 wins in a row this season for Red Bull Racing, breaking a long-standing 11 in a row, going back to 88 with McLaren. And Max, his seventh win. Can anyone stop them this season? The way it is looking, you have to say no. Bearing in mind as well that there were upgrades on this all-conquering, impregnable, seemingly impregnable RB19 that the team has developed this year. And the feeling coming out of the Hungarian Grand Prix was that despite a 34-second margin of victory from Max to runner-up Lando Norris, that they have not yet fully extracted the potential out of these new upgrades. So that in itself is just a major warning to all their rivals that there is more to come from the car. And at this stage, there is every possibility that they could go through the entire season winning every Grand Prix. It's going to take an incident. Who knows? That could happen. We've seen it happen before. Or it's going to take a degree of unreliability, which we have not seen yet from that car. It has just proven 
extraordinary with what it has produced so far. So there, as I say, there is every possibility it could go through the entire season winning every race. Do not count it out. After his miraculous pole position, Lewis Hamilton faded to fourth in the race ahead of Piastri. Seven times world champion Hamilton is having a torrid time. So, will he stay? I firmly believe he will. I know it's taking an awful long time. There have been messages come from Toto, I remember, just before the Canadian Grand Prix. Oh, it's only a matter of days now. And it never appeared. So, But Lewis was asked the question again over the course of the Hungarian Grand Prix, what's occurring? And quite simply, his response was, it's with the lawyers. It's out of my hands. I'm letting them deal with uh, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. And you have to expect at some point it will occur. Yes, it's not gone well for him this season. Okay, he finally got that first pole position for 19 months. His previous one being the 2021 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And we thought, hurrah. Finally, we've we've got something. Max and Lewis on the front row of the grid again, rekindling hopes of some of their rivalries that they had during that epic 2021 season. Didn't quite materialise like that. And the car, the W14, didn't produce its best when ordinarily, as we have seen this season, McLaren has been poor over one lap in qualifying, but generally has then recovered in the race. This was vice versa. Great in qualifying, not so great in the race. But to answer your original question very succinctly, yes, Lewis will re-sign at some point. We're just waiting for final confirmation. Ian Parks and Speed Cafe Formula One editor Matt Koch will be back on the ground at Spa this weekend. In the meantime, hear more from Matt on Formula One on the Pit Talk podcast, a co-production of Fox Sports and Speed Cafe. Back after this short break. Speedcafe.com, your number one source for all the latest motorsport news and features. Breaking news, live event updates, unprecedented global motorsport coverage, performance motoring news and reviews. All in the palm of your hand, anywhere, anytime. Speedcafe.com, first, fast and free. You're listening to the Speed Cafe Newscast. This weekend's Sydney Super Night at Sydney Motorsport Park is a feast of support race action. Alongside the supercars, there's GTs, Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge, Toyota GR86, Super Utes and S5000. Speed Cafe's national racing guru Gary O'Brien says it's the biggest supercars undercard of the season so far. Here's Gary's rundown of what to expect. GT's got 22 cars running this weekend. We've got a pair of 60-minute races in what is round four of the Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia, powered by AWS. Good mouthful there to run through on numerous occasions. Uh, well represented by the German marks, as you'd expect. 11 Audis, 8 Mercedes-AMGs and a single Porsche. 
at the moment. The series is led by Max Hoffer, who will actually join up with uh, Jeff Emery this weekend, who's currently running second in the series. Liam Talbot gets his uh, regular co-driver, Fraser Ross, back for this one. He's currently third. Yasha Shahin and Garnet Patterson are fourth in the Porsche. Brad Schumacher leads the AMs, and uh, Rene Gracie has it all her own way, basically, in trophy series. In the Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge, uh, we've got 31 cars for this week, and currently the series is led by Marco Giltrap, the Kiwi, uh, ahead of um, Rowan Murphy, the second-generation driver, of course, a son of Greg Murphy. Luckily, we've got Harrison Goodman there that breaks up a whole domination by Kiwi drivers. He's in third spot at the moment. Zach Stitchberry, another Kiwi in fourth. Nash Morris joins the series for the first time at this meeting. He's been doing a lot of driving lately. And in the Pro-Am battle, Sam Shaheen and Brent Bolton have finished first and second at every race so far. So that um, will be renewed at this meeting. Toyota Gazoo Racing 86 Series. We had three different winners at the opening round in Queensland at Townsville. Jaden Ajada, uh, the six-hour winner, and the Toyota guest driver won the first race ahead of Ryan Kasher and Campbell Logan. In the second race, uh, Kasher won from Logan and Lockie Bloxham. Unfortunately, uh, Ajada had a drama before the start, had to come from pit lane, so he didn't figure in the major placings. And Logan won the third race ahead of Kasher and Ruben Goodall. So the points standing has Kasher leading from... Logan and Goodall, Ajada actually recovered to finish in sixth spot. Uh, interesting, well, Lewis Bates, of course, the second of the uh, the uh, guest drivers finished 10th overall. And interestingly, the um, Gazoo Racing Australia Scholarship Series uh, dominators, I guess you'd call them, Marcus Liddell, Matt Hillier and Max Gagan all finished well down the order, basically uh, through dramas more than uh, through actually on-track performance. Then we come to the uh, Haltech Super Ute Series. We've got a record uh, number of entries, 21 of the V8 Power Dual Cabs will be on hand, and we've got seven manufacturers represented in Mazda, Toyota, Mitsubishi, Holden, and Ford Ranger. Did I say seven? I should have said six. At the moment, reigning champion Aaron Borg leads the series ahead of George Gutierrez and uh, Adam Margarine. Now, I've sort of left uh, S5000 to last because um, they've got the least numbers, con considering what everyone else is bringing to the party. And at the moment, it's Joey Mawson who leads the series, but unfortunately won't be running this weekend. James Golding is uh, third in the series, and unfortunately he won't be running because he's committed to the supercars. In his place will be Katie Garland coming out of the TCR Australia series. Uh, so he's in for the rest of the season, I believe. Aaron Cameron is still a good chance. Jordan Boyce, they've been the major competitors this season, so... Look forward to see what they can do and let's hopefully they can uh, start strengthening these numbers up for this category. Gary O'Brien will be covering all the SMP support race action for speedcafe.com. It was another big weekend in motorsport. There was Aussie success in Formula 2 in Hungary and Anzacs were prominent in IndyCar at Iowa Speedway. Plus, WRC in Estonia and locally, Rally Queensland. Here's Speed Cafe's Jackie Sheave with a roundup of all the action. 
It was a big weekend of motorsport and a great weekend for Australian and New Zealand drivers on the world stage across F1, F2, F3, IndyCar, plus some big Australian news in NASCAR. In Hungary, Max Verstappen created history, winning the team's 12th straight F1 race, eclipsing McLaren's long-standing record of 11. The win came after Lewis Hamilton put his Mercedes on pole, but failed to convert at the start and slipped down the order, eventually finishing fourth. We saw two Aussies on the F1 grid with the long-awaited return of Daniel Ricciardo. The 34-year-old was all smiles when he scored AlphaTauri's best qualifying result since the Monaco Grand Prix, placing 13th, four places better than his teammate Yuki Tsunoda. The race didn't play out exactly as he would have liked, though, finishing 13th. Fellow Aussie Oscar Piastri continued his great mid-season form, qualifying fourth and ultimately finishing fifth, losing some ground when the McLaren team gave teammate Lando Norris pit priority. Norris would eventually finish third and celebrated a little too hard on the podium, accidentally breaking Verstappen's first place trophy. In Formula 2, Australia's Jack Doohan converted his first ever pole position to victory in the feature race. The son of motorcycle legend Mick Doohan dominated the field, leading every lap of the 37-lap race in Hungary. The result sees him climb to fifth in the driver's standings with four rounds remaining. In Formula 3, Brit Zachary Sullivan took the feature race win while Australians Christian Mansell finished sixth, Tommy Smith 24th and Hugh Barter 25th. In NASCAR, Denny Hamlin prevailed in a tight door-to-door -door pass on Kyle Larson with seven laps remaining to claim his 50th Cup win and second of the 2023 season. IndyCar held a double header at Iowa Speedway with Joseph Newgarten picking up both wins for Team Penske. The two rounds were positive for the Australasians too. Scott McLaughlin finished second and fifth. Will Power qualified on pole for the first round before clipping the wall and falling to fifth. He rebounded to claim second on Sunday, while Scott Dixon finished sixth in both races. In the World Rally Championship, Calais Robinpera claimed his third Rally Estonia as he edges towards a second world title. The factory Toyota driver dominated the event, winning by almost a minute. With five rounds remaining, the 22-year-old Finn is 55 points in front in the standings and firmly on course to become the youngest double world champion. Still on the dirt, but closer to home, the Australian Rally Championship saw Harry Bates and Coral Taylor dominate in their Toyota GR Yaris. They finished ahead of Eddie Maguire and Zach Brakey in their Skoda Fabia in Heat 1, before claiming Heat 2 over championship-leading brother Lewis Bates and Anthony McLaughlin. Next weekend, Formula 1 returns to Spa in Belgium, supercars are at Sydney Motorsport Park for the Beau Repair Super Night, NASCAR is at Richmond and Formula E in London. That's the racing news from home and abroad. I'm Jackie Shivey reporting for the Speed Cafe Newscast. Thanks, Jackie. Well, that's it for now. For all the latest motorsport news as it happens, go to speedcafe.com. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to a Speed Cafe Pod Hub production. 